two, three, four, five. This is Music Biz 101 and More, Season 3, the all-new Season 3, the all-new and improved with steel-belted radio tires, Season 3. You are listening to Music Biz 101 and More, as I just said, on Brave New Radio, 88.7 WPSC. I am your professor, David Kirkfield, and of course, on my right, your left, we have the good Dr. Esteban Marconi. That is I, and I'm back again for another season with Jim Carrey. That is right, and I'm getting paid $21 million per episode. That's great. Music is wonderful. You share it with us. I, I certainly Good to see you again, Dave. It's always great to see you, Doctor. God, another year. Man. Yes. Unbelievable. And the studio, look at what they've done to it. They've done a lot of great things with the studio. Nothing, here. absolutely they, nothing, uh, I think, uh, right? Just a few more wires that are... No, they painted visible. it black. Yes, it's like a Rolling Stones song. Uh-huh. So, so we're that. Uh, you had a good summer, Dr. It was, yes, it was pretty good. Hot, but good. Yes. Did you get away? Didn't get away too much. Uh-huh. Um, uh, just day trips. Nothing big. No uh-huh. big monster uh-huh. trips. How about you? Right. Oh, well, you, well, you I... went to the Thousand Islands. Did you go to all thousand of them, or did you just pick Actually, one Actually, there's about 8,000 of them. Really? Yeah, I missed one or two. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was only there for a couple hours. <laughs> Each one. But seriously, I was in France, and I saw... Uh, in Lyon, I saw some posters for artists and for studios and for record your band here and all of that. So very vibrant in France. In fact, you sent me some of those uh, images, yes, I did. which That's I right. put included in our weekly newsletter uh-huh. that our listeners can get if they'd like at musicbiz101wp.com. Mm-hmm. So we all want to thank you for sending us those little special images. Well, you're images. very welcome. And they all came with a little little lipstick on them. So what's sweet. up for this season? This is a great season because we have two new uh, people we want to introduce because yes. our, our producer of the last two seasons was Philip Gorakowski. Oh. Philip has graduated William Patterson the University, gone on to bigger and better things, and now we have two brand new producers. Do you great. think it would be a good time right now to introduce uh, the two? I think new? so. Producer number one and this is not in any alphabetical or height order, is Jess Frank. Say hello, Jess. Hi, everyone. I think she's taller, though. Yes, Je- she's probably taller than all of us. But no, Jess- definitely not taller no? than all of you guys. <laughs> nope. right, afterward, we'll have a, a contest. But Jess Frank is uh, one of our two new producers. And Jess, you just heard her show between 7 and 8 here on Brave New Radio 88.7 WPSC. But we also have Bianca Russo also as our new producer. Hello. Hello, <laughs> Bianca. Bianca has a voice for radio. She, sing something. No. <laughs> okay, fine. No. She's not going to sing. No, okay. But they, um, they won't be as bashful as the weeks go on. No, they, they will grow to probably take over the show. And yes. as the weeks go on, we will not need to be here, and we can go into the sauna. Sounds good. We should mention that at the top of the show, you did hear The World is Ours by the Allie Mack Project, mm-hmm. Allison McKenzie. She is our theme song. Has been for about a year, going on a year now because we did a great contest last year on Music Piece 101 and More. Correct. And Allie won the contest. It was a theme song contest. In the middle of the show, you're going to hear a, a little 30 second jingle by Tim Geisen, who is a senior at William Patterson. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim put that together. We should remind you 
that uh, besides us being Music Biz 101 and more, you can find us on the web, musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Go there every day. Look at the new stuff we have happening. And we also have a great guest that we will introduce in a moment. And you can send us questions on Twitter. At uh, Our handle is at musicbiz101wp. And uh, we're always there on Instagram and Facebook, same address. And we should also mention that our podcast has gone even bigger and broader than we had before. Correct. We were just drum roll. On, drum. We were just on Stitcher Radio, but now we're also on SoundCloud, and now we are also on iTunes. So Boy. every show we do, and Jess, you can confirm this. We are being recorded right now, correct? Yep. A woman of very few words, but every word <laughs> is just perfect. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this will be available on uh, the interview that we were about to do with the unnamed special perfect good-looking guest, is uh, going to be available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes as well. Sounds great. Yes, it's going to sound great. Three quick announcements that we should make before we introduce the guest and get into the rock and roll Mm -hmm. of the show. Uh, The first is we are going to be going to Nashville. We should bring up... That's right. You bring up the... We had a great lunch and talk about uh, why we're going... Yes, we had the head of the Music Business Association, formerly was called NARM, National Association of Record Merchandisers, and we had Jib Doniel, who is, has been the head of that organization for the last 15 years at least. And uh, he was so impressed with us and the show, because we had him on the show, that he came and we had uh, a lunch in July. And uh, we asked him if we could broadcast from their annual event in Nashville every May. And he was thrilled. He thought it was a great idea. So that we're going to be going down to Nashville for those three, four days with students. And it's going to be sort of a um, workshop for the students to really mingle and get, well, some good guests for the radio show, but to mingle among many of the professionals that are there. And also we'll get some mileage for our show. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great. And it's uh, Music Biz is going to Music Biz and Music City which is wow. our, our big fancy moniker for that. And it just shows the growth of uh, our music management program that we have. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking with uh, David Kersner, who's a professor here uh, and the head of our pop popular music, pop music studies program, and how we have this really vibrant thing going on here at William Patterson between the pop students and the, and the management students and this whole music biz thing. Mm-hmm. It's really happening. And to, to prove that even further, we also, in the, the very last show of the year, announced that we have a great new relationship with the Warner Music Group. We're one of only a handful of schools in the country who have this, where we have had, for example, in our program, an expert in residence, which has always been one person, and now it's going to be the entire Warner Music Group, Mm -hmm. which is going to be great. And they're going to provide us a lot of people who are going to be on the show during the year. We're actually going to have, on on the campus of William Patterson in late October, a big music business panel that we're going to record and is also going to be a future show of ours. And uh, they're also... Uh, providing us uh, opportunities for internships for our students. So it's it's a great learning opportunity for the, the students of William Patterson, the university. Yeah, it's a nice association. It's great. And the final thing we want to bring up is if you are listening and you are a consistent listener to Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio 80.7 WPBSC FM, we are putting a new promo together for our show. And if you would like to be part of this promo... Let us know. Shoot us a tweet at MusicBiz101WP or find us in school or reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook and we can get you into this promo and we'll explain what we'd like you to do. Basically, you'd be giving us a testimonial in the promo. Mm -hmm. Like Jess Frank. 
If you were to give us a testimony of Music Biz 101 WP with your few syllables, what would you say? Yep. Kidding. There we go. <laughs> no, it's awesome. There we go. It's awesome. That's all we need from you. Bianca Russo, new producer, what would you say? Uh, I would say exactly what Jess said, that it's really awesome. There we go. So their vocabulary has grown, Dr. Malconi, since the show started. So enough of this banter, enough of this silliness. Dr. Stephen Marconi, why don't you introduce the first guest of season numero tres? Certainly. Well, he's back. He was one of our first guests when we started the show. He's an adjunct professor here. He's also head of the William Patterson University Foundation, and he's a business manager for several acts, which I'm sure uh, we will talk about over the next uh, hour. And he's also a very close friend of the department. And I'm very happy to have Aaron Van Dyne III here. Thank you. Yes! Yes! And I hope I'm uh, back by popular demand and not as a filler. That's, uh, <laughs> no, we, uh, we thought this out. Yeah. Yes. We, yeah, we thought we couldn't get anybody else. Let's get him. <laughs> no. All right. No, that was fairly accomplished. So, uh, since um, live is the thing, how has the summer been? Summer has been very, very busy. Um, I was telling, I just had class uh, this evening, five to six fifteen, and telling the class that every, basically every band we're working with is on tour this summer, and that's unique that everybody's out uh, because that's where the money is, and as long as. People are going to shows, which they're doing. That's what the, the bands are all going to go out and do, make their money selling uh, merchandise on the road and touring. So most of them have been doing well in terms of audience and in terms of numbers. Yes. Great. Yes. That's great. Um, some of the, so who are some of the bands? Asking you know, I was just going to get to yeah. that. So the, I was, well, what I was trying to say is this is from stadium all the way down to clubs. Right. Good. So some of the bands that uh, you have that are out now? Well, the, the biggest band that's out on the road right now is Dave Matthews' band mm -hmm. um, and KISS. KISS has been on five, uh, four continents this year already, and they're going to Australia in October. And then a cruise, the seventh annual KISS cruise down in the Caribbean, uh, Halloween. Uh, and then they may take a month off. And uh, Three Doors Down has been out uh, since May. I think they go to the end of September. Uh, we have St. Vincent. She's out touring. Uh, Slater Kinney's out touring. Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings have been touring since February, I believe, this year. Uh, everybody's very busy. Good, good. So um, how does an act move from, let's say, an arena size? venue to stadium because there are not many acts that can really fill stadiums per se right not many acts probably even want to because it's very costly to put on a stadium show mm -hmm. um dave matthews did it one year and i think they did it just to show that they could do it it was a number of years ago they did 14 stadiums sold them out but now uh they're not interested in i don't believe his manager corn capsule is very interested in doing stadiums anymore they just do too costly. Kiss has done stadiums, not in this country, but in South America, where you get eighty to a hundred thousand people in the soccer stadiums. Uh, they were in, over in Europe. They were did they headlined a couple of stadium shows, including the big uh, stadium show in, in London. Um, 
But uh, again, they're very expensive to do stadium shows with all the equipment that you need. So Dave Matthews has gone to sheds and arenas? Mainly, like he played this summer down at the PNC. Right, right. So when we talk, when you mentioned that the the stadiums, but they'll they'll play an 80, 100,000 uh, person stadium in another country. Are the stadiums in the U.S. too small for it to be economically feasible? In those other countries, it's just easier to get 80 to 100,000 people because they're craving for... Uh, good U.S. entertainers to come. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to sell out. If you hold a big stadium show in Giant Stadium, MetLife Stadium, uh, you need to to pretty much sell it out to make money. And that may not happen. I mean, if you're Bruce Springsteen, it might happen. But uh, most acts uh, wouldn't even want to undertake that. Just the cost of putting all the trucks together that you need for the special sound systems, for the reverb in the stadium and the lighting and everything else. Even though the stadium has lighting, you still need to bring your own, your staging effects. It's just a very costly endeavor to do. Well, last year, uh, Def Leppard and Kiss toured together. And what did they do in a unique way to help save some some funds? Right. Uh, Kiss has done that uh, three or four times already. We did it with um, Def Leppard. Um, we did it with Aerosmith and a few other bands. And the, the greatness of doing a tour like that is you can co-headline and you even can, though both uh, may have a different costs. stage we usually have a 360 stage that turns around so during the, the intermission they'll change the stage but at least it's less for both bands to share that cost lighting is shared uh sound is shared even crew members are shared buses uh there's some universal crew buses we call them universal costs for the the ones that are shared um, and, of course, you know, KISS uses pyrotechs. Not everybody uses that. But when they're out with them, they usually share in some of it. But uh, it, it does save a lot of money to have somebody else footing half the bill or 40% of the bill maybe. Mm-hmm. Is, is it hard to get other bands to say yes to that? Do, do, they, do you guys have to do a sell job to, say, Def Leppard and say, here's why it could work financially for no, you? No, I, I think they're aware of it, of how it could work. We did it with Motley Crue also. Uh, and usually it's the managers get together and say, look, what's, you know, you know, are you planning anything? If not, why don't we do this? And we can, uh, and if a lot of them use the same agent too, like Kiss uses the CAA. And I think Def Leppard did too. So it's very easy for them to put that show together. And then you're selling shows out all the time because you got fans from both uh, bands coming to the shows. Yeah, I know stadium, um, real hot bands like One Direction, and like uh, five seconds summer and so on, can play out a giant stadium. But it used to be in the old days that you really, if you weren't a country act, where we used to say people from eight to eighty go to a country show, uh, it was almost impossible. And I know there were many years that we would talk about how Bruce would sell out five nights at uh, Giant Stadium, but in Denver you could get tickets mm-hmm. the night of the show. So a tour on a stadium level is really uh, quite a feat when an artist can do that. They have to be extremely hot uh, and extremely, um, I think, viable to a certain segment of the audience that just has to see them. Like my daughter's 15 and she just had to see One Direction. Last year she saw five seconds twice, I think, and and so on. I'm sure Taylor Swift could do stadium shows throughout the country. Big fan base. And it's not, you know, like a Bruce's a huge fan base in New Jersey, but maybe Colorado, it's not as huge. Yeah. She, I would think, would sell out 
stadium shows all over, but do you really want to do them? Mm-hmm. Unless you do them once to say, we've done it. We can do it. Yeah. For the ego. Um, now, as, as things change where for a long time, bands would get a guarantee for doing the show. Plus, if there was money left over beyond the guarantee, they would split it between uh, the promoter and themselves. Is that basically still how it, it works, that there's a guarantee plus a percentage? Yeah, yeah, it's, okay. that's the way it works. The percentages are rare, The what we call overages. They're yes. rare because the guarantees are so big that a lot of times, you know, it doesn't allow for a... Uh, a, a, any any profits to be made to be split afterwards. Mm-hmm. Is anybody working uh, a guarantee versus a percentage? Yep, there's been some uh, shows like that that were just, there was no guarantee. It was right. a split profits uh, show. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that worked. Right, then the split is higher in, the, in those instances than the guarantee yes. plus... Yes, because you take the band has taken a pretty big risk. Also, you know the the promoter, even though the show may show a loss, he's still making money uh, from concession, mm-hmm. from parking, mm-hmm. uh, from sponsors that the promoter brings in. Um, so, uh, the band in that case, ha- you have to have some way of knowing. I know when I've done budgets for those, it's scary because you're saying, okay, we know what our costs are. Now here's the income we're projecting. If it doesn't come in, we're in trouble. Because now you got to go to the owners and say, guys, uh, you got to go to your portfolios and give us some money to cover this. Right. And all the promoters, we should say, are bonded. Yes. Uh, so that they can cover the losses. Yeah. Most uh, of the promoters that the bands I work with are mostly all Live Nation, AEG, mm-hmm. the big ones. Right. Right. Okay. Um, one thing we-, we talked a little while ago uh, is... Well, I think people can go back to our original podcast and they can listen to our first interview with you where we go through a lot of the basic stuff. But real quick, could you just give us a, uh, basically the impression of what a business, what, the, what is the difference between a business manager and a personal manager? Okay. Uh, well, one good thing for business managers, we usually stick around longer than personal managers. <laughs> I mean, we've had a lot of bands that's gone through four and five personal managers and we've been with the band from the beginning or for a long time. Uh, we take care of all their finances. We we collect all their money. We pay all their bills. We set up the budgets. Uh, we make sure everything works according to the way it's supposed to work as best we can. Um, distribute royalties to them, collect their royalties, uh, either do royalty audits or hire royalty auditors to do that. Um, and then it goes, you know, outside of that, because we usually, with most of our artists that have become big, we end up taking care of their families and their family members, uh, housing and buying cars and planes and all kinds of things we get involved in uh, running. I help, uh, I'm a vice president of a winery. So, uh, I mean, there's all kinds <laughs> yeah. of things we get involved in. Uh-huh. Is that, is that on your resume, vice president of a winery? Uh, it's going just to go ex- on because just in case, uh, you know, somebody wants to vice president of a winery, maybe. <laughs> You're the guy. I'm the guy. So how has the job changed? You've been at it 20 plus years? 30, uh, since 82. Wow. So you've seen it grow in the sense that you have more responsibility now? Yes, much more. Much mm-hmm. more. And the bands are leaning on decisions uh, or looking for decisions from the business manager? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I would say that. Uh, some of our artists... Uh, such as Kess will say, 
I want to see Aaron's numbers first before we do anything. Or mm-hmm. we go, go in, or even three doors. Uh, the manager wants to go to Australia. All right, show us the numbers. Let's make sure it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Because you can get into some of these situations where it's not going to work. And like I said, then you're going to the band members because you have to pay these vendors or you'll never work again. Uh, they're putting in their personal funds. Mm-hmm. That, that very rarely ever happens because if we show something that's not going to work, they don't go. All right. Okay, someone like, uh, well, this is a good example of how to, I guess, make money. Someone like St. Vincent, she's uh, solo. I mean, she's alone and then she hires she, people. She, does... she is a single owner mm-hmm. with uh, side people. So she... If she like if she's going to Detroit, would she bring a band with her, or does she hire? Yeah, she she has her own musicians that that would tour with her, but that she would pay, as uh, I call them sidemen. Right. So they're not part of her um, profit or loss. Actually, no. they get straight, uh, and she's doing well that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she won the Grammy last year. Right. Uh, for best uh, album, uh, I think it was in what was the category. Uh, I can't even remember. New alternate rock. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, she's had a great year. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Another. Uh, a, let me uh, read a tweet question for you, if I may. It is from uh, Valerie, and her question is uh, because besides being the business manager for for uh, music artists, you're also for athletes as well. Yeah, for athletes, we mainly uh, we do some business management, but more or less we do their tax work because of the multi-state taxation that they go through. For example, uh, a player on the Giants might play and get paid in New Jersey, but live in Louisiana. Is that what you mean? No, uh, if he if he plays for the Giants or any NFL team, every place that team plays, he has to pay taxes in that state, and the team with, will withhold the taxes based on the allocation of salary each state so now you might have to file if an nfl player maybe 10 to 12 states nba same thing wow uh, and so you have to break down okay if they made a million dollars a million divided by minus something divided by 16 well actually with the uh, with the professional athletes it's quite easy because the club does it we don't do it mm-hmm. with the artists we do it and the artists there's 41 states that you could possibly play pay taxes in in about 80 cities so we take, first of all, their entity, their corporation that they're using on a road has to report and file in all those places. And then the owners, again, file in all those places based on the W-2s that we, we calculate for them. So that's the major undertaking. Right there, he just explained what a business manager does, right. why you need a business <laughs> right. manager. Because you just don't want to do it. <laughs> that, is, that is an impossible task. It is a pretty tough one. For, for somebody to do. One. No, I would think, you know, a band on the road says we're going to go in a van and we're going to go around, and then all of a sudden they get famous, and they start mm-hmm. drawing 1,000 people, 2,000 people, 3,000 people in these very large clubs, and they're not thinking anything that in Seattle they owe money, and then in uh, right. Albuquerque they owe money, and then I guess at some point in time. Well, in some locations, some venues, the money is withheld. There's some states that are very proactive, California, Massachusetts, Connecticut, sometimes New Jersey. Very proactive on withholding right at the site. The promoter is told you withhold, and here's the percentage that you withhold. Now, we just yeah. got a tweet. Somebody's listening. Uh, Carrie Keller, mm-hmm. who uh, just graduated MBA in music management, she has a question for you. Uh, speaking of taxes, I have to calculate barter tax. Can you explain more about this and how it works? 
I've never heard of barter tax. So. Uh, there is a, such a thing. I don't do it because I don't have anybody that, that does bartering. Uh, it's, it's basically services for services or goods for goods without the exchange of cash. Uh, I have a partner, uh, Raymond Pinglora, who's also a graduate of this school, who's a, our tax uh, partner. He could explain it maybe, but I can't. <laughs> and I don't have, I, in all the years I've been in business, I have never had anybody do that. Wow. Okay. We should uh, go to a break and then okay. we'll come back and we're going to, I won't say wrap it up because we still have plenty of time left, but Good. you're listening to Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio 88.7 WPSC. And we've got Aaron Van Dyne, business manager to the stars with us. I'm your professor, David Kirk. And we, whatever, <laughs> whoever I am. And we have Bianca Justin, of course, El Dr. Steven Marconi with us. We will be right back. Thank you. So, Dave, we're deep into the semester. How's it going? Great. You've been busy on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock? Yep. Co-hosting Music Biz 101 and more with you. Who have our guests been? Indie artist and alum Lauren Marsh, PR guru George Dassinger, Rosie Lopez, president of Tommy Boy Entertainment, and Adam Kornfeld, Rod Stewart's booking agent. I miss them. Is there any way I can still hear their words of wisdom? Sure. Every show becomes a podcast that you can hear on our website, musicbiz101wp.com, or on the Stitcher mobile app, and it's all free. Who's coming up next? Grammy-winning producer Harry Wanger, Warner VP Dan Goldberg, Sean Rosenberg, the engagement director at Huge. Oh, that's big. <laughs> I get it. The guests keep getting better and better. Our listeners, too. That's Music Biz 101 and more every, every Wednesday, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Only on 88.7 WPSC Brave New Radio. And we've got a tremendous soundtrack that that never stops. It's the soundtrack of your lives. And that is okay. So uh, we're, we're working through this, and we're perfectly fine. And we're still on Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio 88.7, W8.7, uh, WPSC, and William Patterson University. I'm trying to say it as fast as I can just for fun. We have uh, Dr. Stephen Marconi. Who's, Dr. Marconi, how many years have you been at William Patterson now? This is uh, the start of my 32nd year. 32nd year. I, I thought yeah. he started with William Patterson here. Yeah. Yes, actually. <laughs> actually, William Patterson you himself. No, Jeff Kresge's been here much longer, and then mm-hmm. Guptill Crane and our faculty, right. uh, Gary Kirkpatrick. So you're still a rookie in a way. Compared and it's to in a very, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not the, the leading man. No, I won't <laughs> right. be carrying the uh, whatever that is at graduation. But you are a leading man. On Music Biz 101 or more. Yes, I am. You're you are the leading man. In I'm fact, and we you. are we are your character actors, right? Bringing you where you need to be. Uh, we're also with the Professor Aaron, Aaron Van Dyne, who mm-hmm. is uh, the business manager for Kiss, Three Doors Down, Slater, Kenny, Dave Matthews Band, 
and more is in addition to athletes. He's also a professor in the music business program at William Patterson. He's also on the foundation board. President. The chairman. Chairman of the. No, what is the found when you say the foundation board of William? What is a board of a, of a university? What found, is they, there's two boards at the university. There's the board of trustees that basically run the policy of the university. And there's the foundation board, which our job is to raise money with the, the uh, Institutional Advancement Department that uh, Vice President Ferguson runs. And we're, we organize events, the Legacy every year, the golf tournament, which is coming up September 21st at the uh, Preakness Hills Country Club. And we raise funds for scholarships. And we've been very successful doing that over the years. And we've actually been fortunate. We, uh, you hooked us up with Chris... Henderson. Chris Henderson from Three Doors Down, who we had on the show last year, right. um, because Three Doors Down uh, provides a scholarship. They do. Their foundation, they're correct. Fa- they're, yeah, they're foundation. They have a foundation called the Better Life Foundation, which I'm a director of that also, in, in Mobile, Alabama. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the One Alabama- correction I want to make to you. I'm not the business manager for the Dave Matthews Band. I'm the business manager for Dave Matthews. Oh, okay. The Dave Good. Matthews Band has a very competent business manager named Rit Veneris from Cal Financial in Charlottesville, Virginia, which he and I have a joint venture. We do all his tax work. But I take care of David. Personally, he takes care of the band. Could mm-hmm. you discuss, uh, when we talk, how the that band is structured in terms of, you have Dave, we were talking earlier about like St. Vincent is solo artist and these are sidemen basically who she hires. Mm-hmm. How is that different with the Dave Matthews? How has it been different historically well, with the Dave Matthews band? Dave Matthews band has... Uh, Right now, there's four members of that band that own are equal owners of the uh, of the touring band, and uh, David's been very kind, I guess, to make that arrangement uh, from the beginning. And and anybody else on that is a hired person who's who they, works. They on work it. for uh, salary, mm-hmm. annual salaries. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's it's like a, a, a and a, a lot job. of bands yeah. are doing that now. Three Doors does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiss, right? Kiss because is, Kiss Gene, and Gene and Paul are Gene and Paul are the owners and everybody else is uh, paid. Paid well, but paid. Not a owner. Not an owner. And, and you're using words like owner. Like people aren't thinking when they're starting a band that I'm the owner of this band. They're just saying right. I, I play a guitar in this band, but really. You become, well, you, you have some kind of entity structure like an LLC or a corporation. In Kiss's case, there's over 30 corporations. And Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley either own 100% of each one of them or 50% each of the different entities. Great. Now, do they pay their hired side people when they're not on tour? Uh, some bands do. Uh, some bands do not. Some bands only pay when you're touring, rehearsing, doing promo events, things. Anytime you're out on the road, you get paid. And those bands usually pay those people a little better because they're not getting paid on what we call downtime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. bands pay uh, halftime for downtime. Mm-hmm. But it gets costly. If you have a lot of downtime, that, that becomes costly. Because there's nothing coming there's in. There's nothing coming in. you got to provide a lot of cash from the tour you had to cover that downtime. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the, the, the tour is an investment. Or, mm-hmm. uh, or like, for example, a retail, they rely on the fourth quarter so much to pay almost for the other three quarters of the year. It's That's kind right. of like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Let's move to uh, one of the other revenue streams. And that's the recordings. And how, in general, how, uh, how is that stream faring right now? Well, certainly not as well as it, it once did. 
That's mm. why people are touring because the record side of the business, sale of records, even with streaming and, and downloads, is, is nowhere near what it used to be. Uh, so that's uh, that that is created a you know the the live stream to be much bigger. Mm-hmm. So we can. Um we can try to get a record contract because that's still the dream of so many people. Uh, but that record contract will not necessarily mean that they are going to jump in uh, revenue uh, in terms of making more money. I mean, a lot of bands think, well, once we put out the record and so on, and they have this, uh, which I call a false assumption that everybody who's on a record label makes money from selling recordings yeah. or streaming recordings or whatever. And that has really never been the case. Certainly um, One Direction makes a ton of money that way, but the majority of the bands out there are making their money as uh, from the beginning of time, playing in front of people. Correct. So what kind of deals are record companies giving new bands today? Uh, the ones I see are with the major labels. Uh, are what they term 360 deals, multiple right deals, extended right deals, the collateral extension agreements, call it what you may. It's a 360 deal, meaning that the record label is going to become, in some arrangement, a partner with you and your other streams of revenue in your music uh, world, mm -hmm. such as live touring, sale of merchandise, licensing, and publishing. And the band gets for that, what do they get from the record company? Well, today, it, it was in the past, there were some very huge payments made to some very big artists like Madonna, Jay-Z. Uh, I'm you talking too. big, like in the $100 million range right? for those streams. Today, to get a record deal, you have to make these arrangements or you're not going to get a record deal at all. You're not going to get in the door with one of these labels. They're, they're going to give you... Uh, a very paltry sum uh, to do such, but it's the only way you get the deal. Mm -hmm. the and why would you want a record deal? It's still probably the best way if you want to get out there as, and, and promote yourself is to have a major label, which has the key word is distribution. If you don't have a distribution network, you could have the greatest song in the world, nobody's going to hear it, then what good is it? But the mm -hmm. major labels have distribution worldwide and, and if they'll put the money into you, they'll get get it out there for you. Does it always work? No, it doesn't. Very few of them really, really come to fruition. And they also have radio. Radio. Radio is very big, too, because uh, songs played on the radio not only will bring in money for the songwriters uh, through ASCAP or BMI or CSAC, but it also will build the band because more people will hear it, more people will then go to shows. And the radios promote the shows for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it used to be called the penny business. Now it's called a fraction of a penny business. It, 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 when you when you put the word streaming with it, yes, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. not even a penny. Mm-hmm. Not even a penny. Mm-hmm. What's the buzzword that you read when you look at all the the trades and whether it's digital music news or HypeBot or, or Billboard? Everybody's talking about transparency, meaning the artists want to know how are how. Uh, is the label coming up with this payment that I'm receiving based upon streams on Spotify or what my performance rights organization 
gave to me for what happened. Um, what do you can you explain what we're talking about when we say transparency, and how do you feel about that issue? Well, it's it's very difficult to to dig down and drill down into how you do get paid on 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 especially on the from the PROs. Um, but you know, most artists that we have that are on the radio or on television or you know cable TV stations and things like that are quite happy with the, the money they do get from that because that is still, you know, if they're songwriters, that still is a big stream. How you get to it, it, there's, if you go online, you can find out how they do it, but try to actually compute it. I don't think you can do it unless you go in there with a, your own mainframe computer. And do it. <laughs> um, it's, you know, in the, the streaming world is what everybody is, is complaining about because you could stream a million songs and uh, get paid very little. But I keep reading more and more about it because I don't think streaming is going away. I think it's going to be the future, at least for now, until somebody comes up with something different. And uh, I just read an article tonight that said, you know, we have a million subscribers to a streaming network. And that's how the money's being distributed out with a million subscribers. Well, how about when you get to the point where you have 100 million subscribers? Then the money may be, may be much larger that'll come out to the artist. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's where it's gonna go. Everything is gonna be a subscription-based uh, future. At least that's what I hear now. Mm -hmm. Of course, something could be invented that we don't even, we're not even thinking about. Because I remember when CDs came out, we didn't, we're, who was thinking of iTunes and streaming and internet and, you know, it just sure. wasn't sure. even thought of. So are you um, disappointed or alarmed at all that uh, of uh, the, let's say the results of the iTunes launch, June 30th or whatever, this was going to be the three months of free and everybody was going to jump on it. And if you upgraded your uh, operating system on your iPhone, you had the option of also giving your credit card in and then getting the new iTunes. And it seems that that's sort of gone away. And then this week we see that uh, Ian Rogers has uh, left uh, iTunes music and beats and so on and he's gone into um, I think he's gone into high-end fashion if I'm not mistaken so there seems to be a mess there yeah that's a mess and you know we're so busy with tours and 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 that's the revenue stream we're really concerned about right now that we're not even all that interested not that we're not interested but we don't put as much attention on oh this is going to happen that's going to happen with the sale of music because it's not happening at all mm -hmm. what they get they get i mean we still have artists that that do get very nice quarterly payments in in music world because of itunes and and licensing of music that's still a big uh, part you know song gets used in a commercial or a movie one of those can make up for all your streaming and all your itunes downloads uh, no matter what it's on for the whole quarter mm -hmm. uh, so but the the real money today is made with the artists i'm working with on the live world mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so with an artist like saint vincent who is sort of an it's it's interesting because we have uh kiss who's like gigantic because of generations but when kiss puts out a new album it's still kind of a niche thing at this point their new recordings um because 10 million people aren't buying it, you know, no, a new record. You but know, a, it's, but a million people do every one because of the size of the Kiss Army, right. which makes Kiss still the, the number one gold record holder in history. They still have the most number gold records because anything they put out, the Kiss Army buys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Now, what about an artist in like, uh, I don't know if I'm, St. Vincent, 
who who's still a quality artist putting out quality music. In fact, Jess Frank has a show before this, and she was playing some St. Vincent, coincidentally, on the air. How is her career different? Because she's not, she's going to make considerably less in terms of recorded music revenues than Kiss, just because she's in a niche. She's we talked about the Grammy she won, mm-hmm. but it's it's not a she's not a mainstream Taylor Swift, uh, Miley Cyrus kind of artist. Uh, is that is she? I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to ask. Is that is is she a different type of artist in that regard? Is is the revenue different? Do you have to focus more on the live with her? Well, she she is certainly a, a very work ethic oriented person. She works constantly, all over the world. She the, I, this woman doesn't take off time. She constantly works. So her world again is very similar to the world of of Three Doors even now, which is just to, out there touring, and even the Dave Matthews Band. It's out there doing sixty five seventy shows a year, and. They're still, you know, it's, I'm not saying they don't make any money from recording. It's still, it, the checks would be very nice to most people. They'd love them. But compared to where it used to be, you have to be out there touring now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we do have another tweet that we'd like to share. And by the way, Jess and Bianca, when you guys have questions, feel free to ask your questions. Do you have a question now? No. Okay. I one syllable. My hand when too. you do, just say, okay. Uh, Yasmin Azir. Uh, at Disenchanted52 wants to know, what are the differences with uh, doing the business management for newer up-and-coming bands versus bands that have been around for a long time? What are the your the, are, what are the different nuances that you have to deal with? Well, with newer first of all, it's, it's, we have to really look at a new band, and we call them baby bands, and decide if we want to work with them. Because if they're not going to have the work ethic of someone that's going to go out and just tour constantly and work hard and... and take this seriously, we probably won't take them on because we're just too busy. Uh, we've had bands already in a conference room meeting, and during the conference, even unknown to the other band members, one or two of them will say, well, I can't go out for a month. I can only get two weeks off from work. So wait a minute. you are got to quit your job. This is going to be your career. And, you know, I'm married. I got a kid, whatever. But if somebody comes in and they really want to work, we have worked with many bands before we made any money at all with them. Uh, to, to see that they'll uh, get them up and running. and But it's much different because you have to really indoctrinate them on everything that's happening uh, in the world. You have to get them, uh, you know, hooked up with insurances, and which they don't understand why they would need equipment insurance and, and t- insurance for on the road. Uh, get them, you know, their letters of direction for all the money to come to us. Uh, and get them to understand. What I do with most of them, if they're new bands, I, I direct them to Don Passman's book. Uh, I think it's everything you want to know about the music business, number 10 or 11, whatever it is. I, I, I tell them, get that book. So I've even bought it for some of them. Read it. Understand what this business is about. Don't, don't come in later and say, oh, I didn't know that's the way it's going to work. They need to know the difference between a song, a composition, and a recording. Uh, they need to know the, the difference in, in licensing and merchandise and how this whole thing works. And we try to teach them that. And some of them are very uh, apt to uh, come in and learn. Others think they handle it already. So, Do you think problem. that the uprising of people being able to, like, record everything in their house and every like, in their house, in the studio, they don't even need, like, actual engineers or anything is kind of destroying music a little bit, especially in the sense of getting signed because everyone wants to be, like, a rapper now? Well, 
as far as getting signed, they, the, 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 if a label was interested in the artist because maybe they had a lot on YouTube or something that, and there was a big buzz about them, because that is the way to get a label interested, creating that buzz. Whatever you've done, they're going to throw away anyway, and they're going to redo it. So, And I, I tell artists all the time, do not go and spend $10,000 on making some demo because they're going to use it as a Frisbee. They're gonna, if, they, if somebody's interested in you, do it on the cheap. Get yourself into clubs, into places, get people to know you. Go and sell tickets to clubs. I've had a couple of small bands that actually went out and sold the tickets, sold clubs out, and all of a sudden they got noticed. Three Doors, uh, they got noticed by having a song Kryptonite on the radio in uh, Mississippi and Louisiana. It was spun so many times, the, the studio called up to, a, uh, to uh, Republic Records in New York and said, you better come down and listen to these guys. They did. They were their own grassroots uh, base uh, band, you know, and that's that's the way you really need to do it. You need to DIY it to get to the next level, because you mm -hmm. could be the greatest band going to a label, and they they have a thousand greatest bands they've heard. You know, you have to be different too. You also brought up, which I think was was very telling, and this has sort of been a running theme, uh, Steve, with our last probably six months of the show, is the work ethic. We had Julie Greenwald, president of Atlantic Records, in, and she specifically was talking about when Atlantic Records signs an artist, she wants, just like you, she wants to make sure that that artist is going to work and work mm -hmm. really hard. And she brought up that some artists don't really want to go international. They don't want to dedicate that much. But then she said there's a guy like Ed Sheeran, just like you can compared him to... Uh, to St. Vincent, Ed Sheeran is 365 mm -hmm. days a year. Mm -hmm. He's always doing it. He's always either touring or trying to meet with a radio station or doing social media or writing songs. He's always doing something. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I find it almost interesting because if I was in any of these people's shoes, I would be obsessed with constantly doing this. Right. But I, I find it interesting that you find people and, and who are like And all the artists like we that. deal with all have that, that, that uh, you know, work ethic. Mm -hmm. Even even the bigger ones, like you know, Dave Matthews he doesn't really have to go out touring, but they do. They have that ethic, that work ethic, to constantly go out and do it. The guys in Kiss, they're not uh, teenagers; they're out there still doing it. Four continents this year, and they'll be five when they hit Australia, and and they, and they do it year after year after year, forty mm -hmm. years. And Gene Simmons is always calling you Gene with will, with an idea or something, right? Uh, email, email, email. <laughs> <laughs> Gene, Gene learned email. That was that was a problem. <laughs> um, so how can a new artist find you? Uh, well, we're uh, listed, uh, you know, uh, the name of my firm is Van Dyne Bruno and Company. We're in Pinebrook, New Jersey and Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, we're www.vb-cpa.com. Um, we're at Entertain Tax 101's Twitter. And we're on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And you're on LinkedIn too, right? Uh, we're on LinkedIn too. I, I, I should do more on LinkedIn. I got to see you about getting more LinkedIn. I'm <laughs> right. not LinkedIn enough. Uh, uh, JD, Justin Daniel Music, wants to know, is there a lot of stress or pressure for handling finances for these bands? Do you feel a lot of sure. that? Mm -hmm. Sure. Because we're constantly uh, moving money around and making sure that we have enough funds to uh, cover all the expenses and then have funds. We're always projecting ahead for downtime or in-between tours. Uh, a lot of times bands are on a tour and they have two weeks off in between. 
three weeks off in between. You, you can't send, just tell the crew they're done. A lot of times we pay the crew, pay them, put them in the hotels, keep the trucks and everything on. So we, we always have to project for all those downtimes. And you got to keep the money available to do it. The last thing you want to do is go to the artist and say, we, we've run out of funds. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't find it right now, but one of our tweets, the question was, um, how do you deal with artists who appear to be uh, immature when it comes to the funds that they are getting? You know, they, they're they're budget. not good with money. Their budget. Yeah. yeah. We don't. We don't deal with them. Do you, do you <laughs> cut, will you cut them loose? We, we, you say? We've had artists like that, and uh, we've cut them. Yeah. We, we call it sweeping the floor, sweeping the room. We just sweep them out. We can't deal with people like that. We don't deal with people on drugs. We don't be people that are bipolar and tell you one thing one day and the next day. And there's been people like that. And you just have to get you can't deal because you're so intense on. And I have a whole office full of people that are working on these things. But they're spending so much time on the ones that are really into it that when people start giving you a hard time and saying, no, that's wrong and we don't want to do this. Like Julie said, they don't want to go to Europe when the label's saying this is the best thing for you. Uh, you you got to drop them. And that's why a lot of these artists do get dropped by even by labels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you don't think about not only they drop by the label, but they're dropped by a business manager or somebody you don't hear. And sometimes they're artist manager, too. Mm -hmm. The follow up question for you. Oh, um, you're dealing with the artist's money all the time. So how do you develop that trust where the artists don't start saying, Aaron, I, you know, if you say we only have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, right. and they're thinking, whoa, whoa, I thought we had like seven hundred fifty, you know, yeah. and they start, you know, how do you develop the trust so that they don't feel that there's any? I mean, this is money, you know, yeah, that there's sure, any hanky sure. panky. You, you have to develop trust, and that takes some time. Fortunately for us, we've been doing it so long that most of the bands that come to us don't come through the internet, although some do. Uh, most of them are referred by attorneys, entertainment attorneys that have known us for a long time and vouch for us, um, uh, agencies and um, other artists. And that's the best uh, referral. You know, when uh, Chris Henderson, you mentioned before, he sent us two or three artists already that they're on tour with, and they'll, they'll be complaining about something. He says, you should talk to our business manager. So that's, that's one of the better things. But even then, you have to develop, and we, we can give people any type of report they want to show them what their money is, where it is, whatever. Uh, some want that. Most don't. They just want to see, you know, periodically this is where we are. And, and, but we have everything, you know, accounted for to the penny, and we can give that information out at, at any time. Okay. Uh, Kara wants to know, what has been the most challenging aspect for you of being a, CA, a CPA and also a business manager? Uh, probably dealing with the litigation that be, it, it, either between members of a band or, uh, with outside litigation that affects a band because there's just so much work involved in pulling records together and maybe getting affidavits and being deposed. And, and that's just terrible stuff to me. I mm-hmm. hate it. <laughs> How do business managers get paid? You don't have to say specifically about you, but how do they? Is it a percentage uh, yeah, no, of deals or what? Per, the, the standard percentage that I know, and most of the business managers I do know, uh, charge five percent of uh, of gross in a very new band, and then as it gets uh, later on, and they start developing some real money, that five percent will be shaved down to. Uh, Gross less sound and lights, agency fee, uh, you know, maybe some staging, stuff like that. And eventually, if the band becomes bigger, it can go down to just 5% of net. 
or even lower, or uh, it's hourly rate. Uh, Kiss, I've worked with since, you know, 25 years, and uh, I've never been a percentage. Gene would never give me a I wish he did, but he <laughs> has to, uh, But he pays hourly rate and has never questioned the bill in, in 25 years. And, and, and I get paid the next day because mm-hmm. we pay the money. But he approves it immediately, him and Paul. Very, very, two of the best businessmen I ever met in my life. Hmm. They could be, both of those people could be CEOs of companies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was watching the MTV Music Awards the other night. And I thought of you because Tori Kelly was performing and she's playing guitar. And she appeared to uh, take the guitar off. Well, she took the guitar off and it looked like she threw it into the audience. Uh-oh. And yeah. I'm sure she threw it directly to Somebody. a stagehand right. because her manager, but Scooter Braun, is probably smart. Yes. So what I'm alluding to is the whole insurance part of, of a band being on stage. Can you get into the whole throwing stuff into yeah, the audience? That's right. And- it's right in every one of our insurance contracts that uh, for touring – Nothing is to be thrown from stage. Now, all bands flip the uh, the guitar picks in the stage, but even that could hit somebody in the eye. But for quite a while, drummers were f- famous for, from their drum set, getting up and just heaving those drumsticks out there, and very dangerous. Uh, guitars, Paul Stanley breaks a guitar at the end of every night. Uh, that has been thrown in the stage already out into the audience years ago where it got wrapped around a girl's finger and took her finger off because two people fighting over it. So all that now is now handed to people in the uh, in the audience. But there's bands that still do it. I mean, uh, you know, I saw a band year, last year throw water in the in the audience, and somebody fell and got hurt. So you know, I'm sure their insurance company was furious with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what are the different kinds of insurance that bands have, and at what point do they start? Should they start thinking about I need to get insurance? Especially you need, you know, if you're going Noah. on tour, you need it right away. You mm-hmm. need vehicle insurance. And the other thing you need is to have somebody that has a valid driver's license to drive. We've had that problem. So we make sure we get from everybody passports and driver's licenses before they go out. But vehicle insurance um, and tell them that you're going to tour and people are going to go in this vehicle. Uh, You need equipment insurance, which means listing every piece of equipment by serial number. And we've had cases already where a band one time went on a Lilith tour at first show. First show they were ever going to do, their trailer was stolen with the van. And they found it. Uh, it was in T- Austin, and they found it. The police found it in Dallas, empty of all the equipment. But we had a binder. We hadn't even paid for it yet, but we had the insurance binder. They got the money back. Um, they need uh, tour insurance for liability on the on the tour, and that uh, for baby bands that can run hundred dollars a night, seventy five dollars a night, depending on what insurance coverage you get. But that'll insure against acts like that where somebody got hurt. Uh, people are always getting hurt at shows, and the first people they sue is the band. So Steve and I form a duo, a folk duo. It would be very good. It would by be the great. Way. He would and play I trumpet. Would business manage you. For yeah, sure. your business manage us, right? Yeah. Because and we don't even you don't need don't he need to hear our music because it's you just know that we're that good. And so we decide tomorrow we're going to do uh, we're just going to go and tour. We don't have a record deal. We don't have any buzz out there. But we're just going to go out and we're going to pl- pl- start playing gigs. You would tell us, okay, what what do you guys have you gotten your insurance together? Even at that right. stage, that the babyest baby, babyest stage. If you're yeah. gonna do a tour, and we have tour, we have insurance companies that deal just with that type of insurance. That's their specialty, dealing with bands, and they will set you up with all the insurance you need. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Okay. That, that that's good because I don't think most bands are thinking that. They're also thinking I can't afford a hundred dollars right. a night if we're only going to be making fifty, or we might not be making anything because we had to just buy thirty tickets to even get the gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so if you got like uh, booked onto Warp Tour, you would have like does Warp Tour have their own insurance company that they deal with, and then you all get under that policy and everything, or you have still your own plus Warp Tours. Warp Tour. All those tours have their own insurance because they're going to get sued too if something happens. And uh, but the band itself needs its own insurance. Okay, so it's just its own, li- its own liability, general liability insurance they call it, and the equipment and the vehicle insurance. And then there's a host of other insurances you can get too. Uh, you know, but th- they that's the basic ones that you need. It, you can get there's an insurance called non-appearance insurance, which is very expensive, but it, it uh, and there's a one-off show deductible. But if you have a big show like a, like a Kiss show, and uh, the guarantee is six hundred thousand dollars, and you miss three shows because of something that happened, that's in the policy that says that they would pay on, they wouldn't pay you for the first one, but you would get the guarantees for the other two shows. But extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I think we do. We need to wrap it up. I have one more question. Asked good, good. Wrapping good. up the question. Uh, Fred Goodman wrote a book recently. Just came out on. Business manager Alan Klein, you did get a chance to look at that book yet? I I, I looked at uh, something that you sent me. I read through it. Uh, I always thought Alan Klein was a lawyer. No, uh, he wasn't a lawyer. No, he was a. I know a a, a lawyer a, a lawyer that I know that did a lot of work with the Beatles. Worked with Klein. This Harold Sider had worked with Klein for a long time. But it's very interesting how he's in the book. Klein uh, became a. Uh, um, he was he was almost like uh, Louis Armstrong's manager and uh, Elvis Presley's manager, where he was getting the bigger piece than the guys in the band. Because yes. if he was getting twenty five percent, and it was four Rolling Stones, correct. Well, then he was getting more than they were. Yes, it's a very interesting book. I want to read it. I want to read okay. it. Okay. All right. So next week who's going to be here. Next week uh, we have three guests who are going to be in the studio. We're going to ah. have uh, an artist named Lons Pierce, as well as her co co uh, managers Dave and Cal. And we're going to do a lot of talking with them about uh, the artist who is an entrepreneur. She's got a lot of stuff going on. And why does she have co-managers? Mm-hmm. What do you do with co-managers? And uh, what, what do kind they of an do? artist is she? She's a hip-hop rap artist. Ah. So that'll be pretty cool to have. And uh, we want to thank you right now, uh, Professor Aaron Van Dyne, for being on the air. Professor Van Dyne, thank you so much for being here on the air. want to thank Jess and Bianca for being our producers today and every day of the year. Thank you, Bianca and Jess. I uh, want to thank Dr. Esteban Marconi. Well, for- thank you. And you, too. Yours truly. David, David, Professor David Kirk. Kirk oh, you got it. And you could call yeah. him. <laughs> you got his name right then. I, I actually was able to say So you have been listening to Brave New Radio, Music Biz 101 and more. Next week, come back, 8 o'clock Wednesday night, and you are going to be listening to the Ally Mac Project Don't on your way out. your tweets. And thank you, by the way, for tweeting all your questions. We do appreciate it, and tweet us next week. We love you, and adios!